0: This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to
1: seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why
2: Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot
0: readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy reading since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account and you'll be able to choose from
1: hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties
0: designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text.
1: Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only
2: $1.99, which
0: is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Potential 25.
1: Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code potential25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked.
0: At last... Welcome, Teo. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Chryseus. Whoa. Nice sunnies, dude. Thank you. I got it at Kohl's. Please, come sit. Do you believe in fate, Teo?
1: Not really. But one time, I ordered a 10-piece McNuggets there was 11 in the box. Was that fate?
0: I know exactly what you mean. You're here because you've missed something. You can feel it. That there's something wrong with this world, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Potential Podcast? Yes. The potential podcast needs to return for those who need it. Pop culture, entertainment, nerdom, impressions, reviews, special guests. It's all waiting to wake people up from the truth.
1: Whoa, what truth?
0: That you need the distraction from the problems of this world that the potential podcast is something fun to listen to on a drive or while out walking your dog
1: or working out of the gym which i totally do
0: the decision is yours teo this is your last chance after this there is no turning back you take the blue pill podcast ends you wake up in your bed as if nothing ever happened you take the red pill We start season two of the Potential Podcast and show listeners just how deep our nerdom goes. Wait a minute. Are those
1: Mike and Ikes? Excuse me? Those totally look like Mike and
0: Ikes. Fine. Yes, they are Mike and Ikes. Totally called it.
1: Well, red pill it is. I love cherry.
0: Excellent. Then... Let us begin.
1: Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. this is The Potential Podcast.
3: The
2: Potential
3: Podcast
0: Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. We are here. It is season two. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, come on. Where else would we be? We are so happy to be back
1: here. Welcome to our fans. And for those of you wondering, who the heck are these people? Well, uh, we are Chris. Uh, I'm Taylor. That is Chris. Yes. And we are the Potential Podcast. Uh, For the new listeners, um, welcome. To this podcast and for those of you returning welcome back uh, we're very excited to have you here as we talk all things pop culture entertainment nerd we're so excited i can't believe it's been you know almost a year since we first started this podcast
0: yeah i mean we're still clearly in the pandemic still going on uh but glad to see the vaccines are starting to go out and everything but yeah about this this time last year uh taylor was doing his thing working uh in his travel job and i was the, you know about to open a show and uh, we'd kind of talked about doing this podcast and uh, here we are almost a year later uh, you know we did a full season last year of 30 full episodes we've been doing these potential picks uh, which we've had multiple released where we review all the latest and greatest in media and a few bonus episodes along the way with things relating to our our show here pop culture entertainment and nerdum. so we're very excited to be back uh, this is going to be a longer season than the first season. We're getting a little head start than we did last year. Yeah. So uh, we're we here have, for a while,
1: folks. And we have uh, a bigger budget. No, actually, we still yeah. have no budget.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is all just uh, out of our wallet, which, uh, wait, where'd all those bills go? Um, but anyway. <laughs> Get those moths out of here. <laughs> so we are back, folks. And uh, we just want to say again, yeah, thank you for all those who have followed with us so far and have listened along the way. And for new listeners, welcome. This is a kind of a free-form podcast where we talk all kinds of things, uh, some that might be nostalgia, and some that might be completely new to you. Uh, so we wanted to kind of hone in on a certain topic to start off this season. Something that me and Taylor are very passionate about is travel. That's right, uh, Chris.
1: Uh, we uh, one of our you know favorite episodes that we kind of kicked off uh, the first season with. Was about how Chris and I met. And we uh-huh. met, to uh, sum it up, we, Chris and I met on celebrity cruises, both on our first ever contract and uh, my first ever big job um, right out of college. And so that's how we met. And if it wasn't for uh, that cruise, we would not be here today, um, still, I think, as fast friends that we have been. So I think that was kind of the start. Um, I think really kind of inspired maybe our travel, you know, that our, our traveling feet that, that, um, excitement of our you know that we wanted to you know see the world and and just go out and explore i think that kind of like sparked it a little bit more than it was always
0: there well i think i think you and i were probably both people that had probably various vacations within the states itself yeah Uh, i never got to go outside of you know i never went outside the united states until uh my first kind of big job out of college where i have to go to canada for the first time whoa look out uh but that first contract uh you had a little different itinerary for some of it but for the most part it wasn't very international after those contracts we both got to go off and have many international adventures and so we wanted that to be the focus of this first episode back talking more about the fun places we got to go outside of north america uh which, funny enough, we did talk about last season that uh, after seeing each other for a few months on this ship, about a a year and change later, uh, maybe a year and a half later, we got to see each other in all places, Bali, Indonesia. Uh, Both of our ships were on separate ships at that time, and we were docked in the same port for one day only. And that was the last time we got to see each other up until 2019. So kind of exciting that we got to meet, you know, we met in Alaska and then, you know, year and a half later, all the way across the world to (laughs) Indonesia. So um, I know for you, Taylor, you got to go on to, I mean, in total, you did roughly six years on ships. That is a long time. Now, I know for you, you got to, you did have quite a few of the same itinerary routes and you did Alaska a few times and, but you got to do Asia and other parts, I know Europe. So What are some of your fond memories from your international travels while working on ships?
1: It's funny you say that because I still, it's going to be something I'm going to bring up forever. I used to work on cruise ships. I'll be 90 years old and like, I used to work on cruise ships. I don't know if I'll have that accent, but I always bring it up. And always the number one question is, what um, were some of your favorite, what was your favorite place to visit? I can never narrow it down, but you're right some of the itineraries that I did a lot of was Alaska and Asia. And I did quite a bit of Europe um, of those itineraries. I, I did love Alaska, but Asia, you know, to, we both met in Bali. It was great, but I, I love Japan. Japan was definitely one of my favorite places. I went there many times, um, which I was very, very fortunate to. We did a couple of these charter cruises where you had actually, it was like all Japanese charter, and, uh, which is really funny because, you know, there wasn't, uh, there was a bit of that language barrier, but the energy was a lot of fun and we had, you know, a little bit less to do. So we had more time in port, but I've always been and fascinated and, and enthralled by Japanese culture, cuisine. So that was always great. I love sushi. I love, you know, the history. And so, you know, we've talked about the video games we played, you know, mm-hmm. goes, goes yeah. and, uh, <laughs> so th- that was really great. And I, I think that was one of my favorite places to visit um of that itinerary. And then I really and then going on to Europe and the Mediterranean and the Adriatic, uh, I really enjoyed Greece and Italy. Those are like two mm. of my favorite places a lot. Very similar um, yes. in terms of climate and the food, but it was just something about like to sit there in a cafe and uh just enjoy, you know, a nice espresso. A lot of Americans say espresso. It's Espresso.
0: Yeah, there's no X there.
1: Uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, and then one of my, the last places that I visited that I really loved was my overnights in Venice. Mm. Which was just like, just, it's so, you will feel like you're in a movie. You know, you know all these great, of course, I felt like it was in the last crusade when I got to go see the library that they filmed. You know, it looks like a vetted church, you know. Uh, so yeah, I get to really see quite a bit of the world. I wasn't as fortunate as you to do that world cruise, you know, in my six years, I never did one of those world cruises where basically the ship is like, it doesn't repeat an itinerary twice. It literally goes through around the world until it ends up, you know, in one final swoop. But to have seen over 50, you know, 50 countries within six years before I was 30, you know, you can't beat that.
0: Yeah. Not many people can say that even in their lifetime. So uh, I definitely am also on that same page with you. I feel very uh, fortunate to have had the travels that I've got to uh, up until, you know, all yeah pre-30 as well. Uh, yeah, my second contract was, yeah, much more defined as like a world cruise. It wasn't a true world cruise where uh, it wasn't to the point where it was not exactly uh, never go to the same spot twice, but it was uh, very different to what I was used to. Uh, the neat thing was it it did start off with the very last Alaskan cruise for the century, which was kind of fun because that was like what I knew. And, you know, I'd spent five, six months, uh, in Alaska the year before. So it was kind of fun to go back and be like, oh, there's Juno again, there's Ketchikan. But then it was this 23 day cruise crossing from San Francisco to Sydney, Australia. Uh, I had never been on a cruise, you know, I mean, I'd been on a ship that long, but I never, you know. That was just crazy to me to think that you could take that long over three weeks to cross the ocean, and of course ships can definitely go faster, but they go slow to make money. You know they want people spending money at the casino and buying drinks and stuff. But it was like five days to Hawaii. We got to do Hawaii for two days, which I I always love Hawaii. Then five days south, got to go to Tahiti and Bora Bora, one of the most beautiful beaches I've ever been to. Oh, that's and then five days west again to go to Fiji for a day and then it was like three sea days and then bam we were in Sydney Australia I'll never forget it I'll never forget we docked and we of course had to have a boat drill because you know we're in a different country I just remember looking and where my uh, you know section was I had a perfect view of the Sydney Opera House and it just hit me I'm literally in Australia a place I've always envisioned wanting to go since I was very young. And, you know, I was 26 at the time. It wasn't, you know, still not old by any means, but it's just funny to think like for probably a good 15 years of my life, I'd always thought, I wonder what it'd be like to go see that building that I've seen in books yeah. and movies and TV shows. So it was very surreal. And the great thing was, yeah, that contract was three months of going around Australia, mostly on the East coast got to go to like cans, Melbourne, Adelaide, and then we go to these v- islands like Vanuatu, and New Caledonia, and Fiji, and just some beautiful, beautiful beaches. Like and- how would
1: you, why, how would you in your mind think I'm ever going to be somewhere like here, like New Caledonia, like Fiji? Literally, I mean, New
0: Caledonia, this small French-owned island. That, uh, and I'll never forget one of the one of my favorite memories of all time was uh, another friend of mine named Taylor that you've met as well. We all met in Bali. And, uh, He's a piano player, and it was Thanksgiving. We were in New Caledonia, and of course, a lot of us in the States wanted to try to find somewhere we could get some Wi-Fi so we could FaceTime our family, and I ended up being like, I don't know where we could go. Oh, you know where we could go? We could go to the McDonald's in town. They probably have Wi-Fi, (laughs) Yeah. and I was walking around being like, asking people, where's the McDonald's? Because I didn't know where it was, and we finally found this guy, and we're going, do you know where the McDonald's is? And he's like, the what? i'm like the mcdonald's mcdonald's mickey d's i'm like making the m shape you know trying to do whatever and the guy goes oh you mean mcdonald's and uh, so uh we found mcdonald's and it was great <laughs> i just love like
1: you're you know using your hand signals i can't yeah, see I'm like, it but you're I'm just, like yeah. <laughs> if you can't
0: uh, if english is not gonna make it through but uh australia was neat though because it, it kind of felt it kind of just felt like California, you know, it's a lot of these beach towns, uh, you know, you know, minus slightly different food. And uh, um, of course the wildlife is very neat. And then, yeah, heading up to Singapore as our home port for three months and kind of like you got to do, I got to do a lot of these Southeast Asia places. I mean, Myanmar, Thailand, Philippines, Vietnam, uh, Hong Kong. It's just like, it was fascinating. I think something about Asia that's so neat is just, it's such a different culture. There's so many, uh, you know. It feels not only more ancient in a lot of the places you're going yeah, to go a to. Different time. It's just like, of course, the food's great, but like it's just so different. Although also very the same. I think something I love about international travels, you kind of get to know that people are people everywhere. There's not a huge amount of difference in the little things, but especially yeah, we, yeah, you know, people
1: still like Wi-Fi. They like they have to eat. There's mm-hmm. always a place to have fun. Um, but yeah, some of the customs and, and things are a little different and some of the demeanors are different. I mean, I like I said, what I love about Japan, it is really the hospitality capital of of Asia because it just everyone is just so polite. Um, uh, they're just so friendly. And to think, you know, just so much of the history of the culture, it's a it's incredible. And you just you don't know it and you can't realize it until you've been there. You True, yourself. and
0: Japan's still uh one of my it's currently my second uh top country i want to go to um because uh germany is currently number one uh but japan uh actually no that's maybe japan's third because new zealand's up there too but um yeah i didn't get to go to japan uh but i was i was really happy to go where we got to go, we'll and go we together also, we'll, we'll go together yeah we will, I've, we heard,
1: will. I, I've been to germany but you know what we need to do oktoberfest Can
0: oh you know, yes just, we do
1: oktoberfest and new zealand i haven't been to new zealand or australia so there you go It'll be fun
0: tonight. to go um <laughs> And also we got to do a little bit of the Middle East, got to see a little bit of uh, Oman. And then that was my first time to Dubai. I got to do a double overnight in Dubai, which was just like epic, you know. Uh, For those of you who aren't really familiar with ships, uh, when it's an overnight, it's really nice because the ship doesn't go anywhere. It just stays at the place. So typically, even for workers, once you're kind of done with your work, if you have the night free, you're allowed to go off the ship all night. Uh, Usually sometimes there might be a check-in time Early in the morning, but uh, it's just so fun. You're like you actually get to go experience an entire nightlife, which is not always the case with ships because often you're no, leaving. It's, yeah, you know, you're done usually in the afternoon, afternoon early. Yeah.
1: So good luck going like to enjoy the nightlife. Um, because I love the nightlife. I like the boogie. So it's uh it's always nice to to do that. But um, yeah, the you don't understand what an overnight is until you become a crew member. It's just like one of the oh when you look at that itinerary like overnight we had overnights in Honolulu. Oh, Venice oh, overnights? yeah.
0: <laughs> it's cool. just amazing because you're like, I'm actually going to have proper time off the ship. And that's actually, uh, I think, something that brings me to my next point is, you know, doing the cruise life, it's a great way to get to see a lot of places in a short time. But the, the flaw is, of course, you have limited time in each place you go to.
1: It's an appetizer sampler, really. Yeah.
0: You're always going to, I mean, especially when you have a, you know, if you have the same... 10 day cruise multiple times in a row. It's great. Cause you can, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be going to that city multiple times. Every time I go, I need to do something different. So I get as much out of that during my time, you know, but you know, we've also had a fair amount, I think of fun stuff, not while on the ship. Yes, it's true. Um, you know, not it
1: brings up to your point as you kind of hinted to uh, that you got a little taste of a uh, port that you ended up staying there for quite a bit. Uh, which was, of course, Dubai.
0: Yes. So uh, two jobs I got to do uh, after my time on ships was, uh, speaking of Hong Kong first, uh, just an hour west of Hong Kong via ferry is the islands of Macau. Uh, It's another kind of situation where it's its own uh, kind of government, although it's kind of part of China. It's like one of that situation. Uh, Macau is known as like the Vegas of Asia it has all these resorts just like Las Vegas. I mean, they have an MGM, they have a Wynn, uh, they have a Venetian. It's really interesting. I got to work there for uh, five months at this resort called the Galaxy. And I mean, I literally got off the ship. I got home in California after like eight and a half months. And four weeks later, I was off to China again for five months to go work. So that was interesting. But the difference of being actually on land the entire time, you know, I mean, I wasn't on a ship. Uh, there's just something so neat about going to live in an international country because apart from your work and part what you're doing for, you know, whatever it is uh, you're actually getting to really experience everything firsthand being actually kind of put in to, you know, your surroundings, your, you know, the society, the culture. And what's neat about Macau is although it's heavily a Chinese population, it has a lot of Portuguese roots there. There's a lot, okay. all, all the street names are Portuguese uh, titles, and there's a lot of Portuguese history in that because I think it was owned, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, it was owned by Portugal, and now it's more heavily owned by China. So that was kind of neat to see. And you know, having Hong Kong only an hour away, and uh, by the time that ended that contract, I actually got to go take a trip to Beijing for five days. Saw the Great Wall, uh, the Forbidden Palace. I mean, all these great sites and uh, that was just really a really special time because of how different it was from ship life. And yes, eventually got to go uh, crazily to never expect it. I lived in Dubai for 10 months working at a theme park. Um, and although I won't get into that situation, that's for another podcast, uh, <laughs> the, the, the resort itself, but Dubai, the only way I can really describe it, if you've never been there, it really feels like you've stepped into oz but in the desert and yeah. i don't mean like the green tinge and all but like the idea of this incredible metropolitan city that is just like almost futuristic looking
1: yeah it's like it feels like you're you're in a different time period like you literally yeah. stepped out of your delorean and you're at cuz i mean you look from the outside it's just a blazing hot desert and it's amazing this whole city that they built out of out of this desert
0: with the riches that you know they have there and the thing is there's definitely other parts of dubai that are very ancient feeling i have more of the arabic you know ancient feeling of uh back when it was like just merchants on the high sea and uh you know the desert feel of of the you know uh the muslim faith and uh of islam and so there's it's interesting the, the the kind of how it combines to have this like old school feeling. And then this other side that is like, we're bringing the biggest and the best and the brand new. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was kind of neat to have all that uh combined in one city. I mean, it's a city like anything. They got movie theaters, they got bowling, they got restaurants, they got malls, you know, they have all this stuff, but I really enjoyed the more cultural aspect. And I loved actually, there's something about the desert I've always liked. I think growing up in California, I'm just kind of used to the desert. You know, I would go trips to nevada and arizona when i was a kid so that was kind of neat to kind of be living in the desert which of course gets very 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 hot See, uh you yeah, know well
1: and i grew up on the east coast where i was always grew up in the time. cold by by the way i was in you know, like i was by the water and stuff so mm-hmm. um, so i think that's that's part of my nautical experience of, of wanting to be out at sea and then also the fact that I, i've loved being in the mountains i love i love the change of seasons and i think that's why i embraced alaska you know quite a bit um but no that's that's those are like my list of of places to do and for me then i i got the fortune to um visit a country that i had not admitted on cruise you actually did to go there but i I went there uh, for different reasons i went there for love not for me sorry uh, (laughs) ladies i'm still in the market uh times are tough friends are few um but when years later um years into my cruise experience i met a really awesome couple shout out to joe and liv they're married now, and I met them when they were just—they were still fresh into their careers as uh, musicians. And uh, years after, and they got engaged, and then they were going to get married in um, just outside of Dublin. And um, I was very excited because they did invite me, and I was like, you know, yeah, this is going to be a lot of money, but I was like, I got to go. I mean, you're going—I'm going to a wedding, but I'm going to Ireland, and you know, went all out, and that was the kind of the cool experience for me. Uh, just before that, not so much international travel, but then I started. Getting into my head that I wanted to experience travel more. So I have dabbled in a couple different states and cities that I haven't been to. And, and part of my job now has allowed me to do that. But Ireland, to I spent about a week there. And just what experience it was to, to immerse yourself in the culture. And you talk about, we talk about Japan where it's so friendly. And the Canadians, we know you're friendly. Don't worry. You get a good rap. But Irish people, the Irish, they put them all to shame. It's just something about, and that was the advice I had. You should go to the pub, sit down, and people will come talk to you. And, like, you will just have conversations with people, whether you initiate them or not. And it was, uh, I had great tour guides. They told me, like, where to go and all these places to eat. Of course, Guinness every day, uh, whiskey if you can get it, uh, and just the food. And I'm, I'm not talking about you getting fish and chips and, you know, shepherd's pie every day. But any place you went, the food was great. Chicken tenders, you know, a salad, um, chicken parmesan. I don't know. Um, I like chicken. That's what I mentioned. Lucky charms. So, yeah. <laughs> um, the Irish are rolling their eyes here. Yes, but, uh, yeah, it, it just was the food quality and just the experience everywhere was just great. And I got to travel from from the East Coast to the West Coast and got to see the Cliffs of Moher, uh, which are beautiful, and going to Galway and talk about experiences galway's a uh, curling team i think it was or um some some i don't know what the sport was but this the town sport had just won this championship and the last time they won it was 23 years so let's just say they got a little nuts and it's just like cheering the bars were packed i'd never been a bar where i felt like a sardine i had to like literally push my way through to pay for a drink it was just <laughs> like completely insane but it was such a good experience you get to experience the irish wedding and to really embrace yourself is like I got the bug and I definitely want to go back to Ireland again and, and travel. It was just yeah.
0: I got to uh, my last kind of big international travel was I did a few cruises in 2019 to go to Europe oh, well, for, uh, as nice. a guest. Yes. Oh, how, and how you that? know, I knew that you were always someone that got to do a lot of Europe and it, it was always on my bucket list. And you um, know, I mean, there's still so much of Europe I want to see, but I do agree with you. I, something about Ireland, Scotland, uh, you know, the UK in general. A lot of that area was something that I think probably since being a young boy, I think there's something about we just look to that area, thinking of simple things like King Arthur and you know the Knights of the Round Table. There's something about very Stonehenge, Stonehenge. Uh, you know,
1: this you know? monster. There's just there's the mythology, there's these myths, the mythology, the, history, the legends. And that culture, it's, mm-hmm. you know, they're all very similar. And of course, we love the accents. If you're American, you love the accents. Oh, we but, love the accents. Because, you know, I'm, as an
0: actor, I can't help myself. If I start hearing someone talk after about five minutes, I'm starting to try to do that Yeah, we're, we're
1: emulating it as well. But yeah, I think it, it just it's something deep in our DNA as children. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this goes for everyone. I think this is personally, like, we're very similar to that fact that it's just something. I mean, like,
0: other- I've always thought, oh, I want to go see castles. I want to see these like hills. And, and that was something that definitely was Scotland uh, in only a few days, but uh, just how green everything was and mm-hmm. seeing these castles and this history. And that's something about Europe. I think that you can only really appreciate in Europe more so than anywhere else uh, in the world is the real sense of this kind of history and the architecture and how everything's very similar. But to think in such a small area, how many different languages there are and, you know, different customs and stuff. And, you know, I got to do a lot of stuff on the Baltic as well, such as, you know, uh, Denmark, Sweden, got to go over Russia, Estonia, yes, and Finland. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just so neat to see all that. And then to go down uh, also got to live a little bit of Spain with Barcelona and a little bit of France. And then of course, Italy, uh, you know, as someone that's a big fan of Italian food, Uh, that was amazing. You know, I I had six hours in Rome, six hours was all I was allotted, and I did a lot. You know, I saw as much as I could from the Colosseum to the Vatican, had delicious, fresh pasta. You had that like little bus trip, yeah. yeah, The the bus gets in, and it's like, all right, you have six hours till the train comes back,
1: yeah. And it takes three hours to get there from where you're at. You're like, you're on this place called Chitti de Vecchia, which, yeah, which
0: you can't, you can't the ship can't get closer to Rome. It's as close as it can get. So, um, but yeah, just Europe is just fascinating and beautiful. And so I definitely would love to go back more uh, staying there kind of like you did with Ireland. Like I would love to go. Uh, I'd love to go for like a few weeks and just kind of hop all over the place. I think it's the best way to do Europe. The hostile thing, takeover. You
1: know, That's
0: what I call it. Uh, yes. The hostile takeover, which of course you can do in other parts of the world as well. But yeah, um, and that was kind of my last big uh, international travels. And I also, uh, I think you've got to do a little bit of this as well. Did you ever do, you did some South America? Uh, I dabbled a little bit.
1: Uh, well, kind of, so I never got to do um, Brazil, like Rio and, and and all that, which was on my list in Argentina and Antarctica. But I did get to my first cruise ever, um, as I said prior, was the Panama Canal cruise. So mm-hmm. I got to um, Columbia was, I was in Colombia, which is really cool. And then, um, you know, we were in like Honduras and, and so I was very close to more central and South America. Um, so I think that's still uncharted territory for me. It's not like a huge passion for me to go down there, but I do like the idea of like trekking through the rainforest and like being lost. Yeah. To the I've, I've always America.
0: wanted to go, uh, to see, uh, like Aztec pyramids and like stuff like that like yeah, Machu Picchu
1: I think Machu Picchu
0: yeah, uh, is a huge like uh list thing and uh, I think the
1: Galapagos uh, I think was still on my list like I would love to do
0: I got to go to um Uruguay for a vacation okay. once Montevideo so um but that's yeah that's kind of the of the continents I've been to the only one I've never touched is Africa I uh, did obviously Antarctica you can kind of go to but not really uh, but you got to go to Africa. What did you get to do in Africa?
1: I didn't do much, but I was in um, Agadir. I was in Morocco.
0: So oh, I Morocco, got to, yes.
1: I was doing uh, more north of Morocco, uh, of Africa. So I still like to, there's a lot of countries um, in there that I haven't visited. But it's funny because when I was younger, my grandmother had visited so many. She brought a lot of cool artifacts uh, and everything back from her travels. But yeah, so I can say that that was that one of the continents I did get to visit too. But of course, i jealous of you. Australia is still on my list as well as New Zealand. Um, but those are the go-to ones I really want to do. I have done all of Europe that I wanted to see, um, but like places like France, where they don't really have cruise ships that get to explore much, because you know if you want to go to Paris, you're way too far away. You know, Paris is still on my list, mm-hmm. and I would love to. I would love to backpack uh, throughout Italy um, and Greece, and I'd love to be in Greece like during the summer, because we always went during the not so busy months. Uh, cruise ships would always go during like the fall. Because summer months, that's when the Europeans are going on vacation. It's a lot yes, of fun, and you get the parties. So busy, busy. Yeah, you go to <laughs> you go to Mykonos, and this was be the party island. You go out here, like, what are you talking about? It's like, hello, my name is Spiros and this is my place. <laughs> and it's like, there's one guy there. I'm like, quit the party, huh? So it's like, you know, that's what I would love to. That's why you're right. The cruise life is great to dip your toes into it, but you're not. You're missing out on some of the finer points uh, and some of the more seedier uh, places, but I will say the first time I went to Europe. A little bit back, backtrack, I uh, was on my second contract on cruise ships. I got a whole day as I got to go to Amsterdam.
0: So mm. I I got love to Amsterdam.
1: Whole, so I got in, yeah, 7 a.m. their time. I had been like, I'm wired and I'm exhausted, but I was like, I can't go to sleep. So I like got to my hotel, Ramada Inn, love it. And I got out there and I got on a bus headed out there or took the train and you know got to see the Anne Frank house you know, I got right in line there saw Rembrandt um I didn't get to go to the museums but just to go around I mean it's very similar to Venice in the t- canals yes and stuff. And, all the canals but it was Beautiful. so cool to be I went to the red light district but it was during the day so it wasn't as it wasn't as pretty I was like oof don't this is what you don't go I think there. it's
0: it's just something you have to go do you have to, you have to yeah, walk by I, and be like <laughs> I okay, was there I have seen it um no Amsterdam yeah it's a really interesting town it kind of reminded me of like a European version of New York in a way, because there is still a lot of like it's still like got trash everywhere and it's dirty. But then the thing too about Amsterdam, which I did not see coming, uh a lot of people ride their bikes there. And it's not like America, where I'm so used to New York style. I just cross the street when it's you know, I want to cross the street. No, not on Amsterdam. When it's the bike's turn, the bikes are gonna go, whether you're there or not. They are intense. And that that was was all over Europe uh yeah. Copenhagen a lot of bike riders as well so that was kind of neat when well, you um, think about Asia
1: too some of those crazy places like oh Taiwan, where there are everyone's on the moped moped galore you're talking, about, you're talking about traffic there's like no traffic lights just like everyone like we have like four lanes four lane traffic yeah. it's like
0: 17 lanes nope <laughs> and it's just like and you if you watch you can watch videos on youtube guys uh people listening of of watching the un <laughs> like here in america typically we have lanes and hopefully most people stick to that A lot of places in Asia. No, it's kind of a free for all. But um,
1: it just hopefully you, oh, I'm going to A to B. I'm going to
0: A to not die. Yeah. So (laughs) exactly. But But you know what? I think we we definitely wanted to talk about this because I think right now, as a lot of people are still, you know, dealing with the pandemic, uh, travel has been one of the biggest things that has been hit uh, with people, you know, feeling the fear of not wanting to travel. But there's still ways to kind of travel, even within. you know your own state or within your country uh to kind of go see more maybe uh mother nature type places uh you know places where you're going to be surrounded by uh nature and beauty and not maybe not so much a crowded city but hopefully
1: especially as the weather's changing now as we're getting um into spring soon which i mean i'm here in pittsburgh and the weather was 56 degrees today it's been in the the 20s and below so it was beautiful <laughs> so
0: yeah you're it, right it was only 76 degrees here today okay, but gosh. uh um <laughs> but uh you know i still think there's ways you can travel safely and hopefully within a, a few uh, years time we can all be safely traveling around the world uh, once again but we have a special guest with us today
1: That's who you know. knows
0: all about travel Uh, So we're going to get to his interview next. But uh, Taylor, do you want to introduce who our special guest is on our episode today?
1: Yes, uh, I had the very great fortune to meet him during our travels again uh, through cruise ships. Now, this guest has been a comedian for several years, originally uh, hailing from Chicago uh, area in Illinois, and uh, he has been. A comedian uh, throughout the states. He has also done a variety of work, a voiceover work. He's done um, extra work, commercials, you name it. And he has also done uh, the cruise circuit as a comedian for quite a while. Uh, most recently, in the last several years, he has been the host of the Travels Tales podcast where he interviews people around the world uh, who enjoy the travel bug just as much as he had. So we thought he'd be a great guest for today and I'm looking forward for you guys to enjoy this interview that we had with him.
0: So everyone... Enjoy our chat with Mike
2: Siegel.
1: All right, and it's so good to have you here, Mike. Thanks again for, uh, for joining us for our, uh, not just an episode, but our first episode of season two.
3: Wow, well, I'm very busy. So you're lucky you found me. I'm, I'm in my house doing nothing on quarantine, <laughs> so... Turns I out believe... I have time on my hands. Yeah, I'm well, we believe... booked you six yeah. months in advance. So yeah, uh,
0: we knew we knew it was going to be important for this. Uh, but yeah, we're very, very thrilled you're here, here on the potential podcast, Mike. It's great to have you. Um, so clearly this episode, we're, we're talking about something I think a lot of people are missing right now. I know some people are still finding ways to travel, uh, even internationally, but I think just a whole scene, you know, a lot of people post all the time, another vacation I had to cancel and, you know, all this stuff, but I think we'll eventually come back in stride. But what, what was like the earliest memories for you of international travel? I mean, for me, I don't really count, I mean, I don't really count Canada, but like,
1: not being in North America. No, we don't was, count that. Yeah, we don't, we don't. count Canada. It's, it's America's hat. Yeah, not yeah, for so. like an exotic destination. I mean, yeah. We all did yeah. Niagara Falls as kids. And so,
2: but yeah, what was your
1: earliest experiences of you know traveling outside the U.S.?
3: Well, I grew up in Chicago and I never, um, I never left the country until I was 21 after college. So um, we had traveled a lot. My parents are from the East Coast. My dad was from Jersey. My mom was from Connecticut. So we had a lot of family back East. And of course grandparents down in Florida so that was like our big drives so we would go down there and uh yeah so I mean I was lucky I felt lucky enough to be able to do that you know once we did the big Griswold family vacation to uh <laughs> California we drove you know and it was literally that you know three kids in the car back and forth to California but that was it and uh but I knew people growing up in the Midwest that had never seen the ocean I had friends that had been you know, they, they'd they never been out of, like, the tri-state area. So I felt pretty, you know, worldly felt having been all yeah. the way to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was that first trip, you know, the typical kind of, like, backpacking after college, six weeks and uh, get a URL pass and all that stuff. And that just blew my mind. You know, that's when, like, my head exploded. And sometimes you just need to see, A different way of living, you know. We become very insular, and I didn't know any other way of living. This is all pre-internet and pre. I had heard about Europe or you know other countries, but you know you don't know you don't know anything until you go see it, and you're like, oh man, and that just lit the fire, and then I just wanted to travel everywhere after that. You
1: got you caught the bug. That was it.
3: It's all it took. Well,
1: where was the first? uh, What was the first country that you you visited?
3: I landed in, we landed in Madrid. I went with like three okay, other guys from Spain, college yeah. and uh, you know, we made the dumb mistakes, you know, we're just like deer in headlights walking around. And, and I think we got locked out of our hotel. Like they shut the gates after 11 and we went out and got drunk and came back, we couldn't get back in. And I think we slept on park benches and all these dumb things. And then take, taking the overnight trains to um, went to Madrid, Barcelona. And then we went down to Italy. I did the big triangle there, Rome, Florence, Mm -hmm. Venice. And then we went up to like Switzerland and all that. All over. Yeah, yeah. And and then we split up at a certain time. Like I I was afraid, like now I wouldn't even think about traveling solo. You know, most of the travels around the world I've done have been solo. But back then that was, I'd never taken a solo trip anywhere before. And that we split up a little bit. I met all these people in youth hostels who were doing it. You know, meet a guy who's traveling around the world, and I was just like, "You're doing what? You could do that? You know, some Australian dude or whatever." Just like, what? "Oh, so you just took off and oh, and and again, it's like your brain. It's like I didn't know it was possible, you know, until you see somebody doing it and like, oh, this guy's my age. He can. You don't need to be super rich to do it. You don't have to. You know what I mean? So, I don't know I I was just fascinated to see how the other the other the rest of the world lived, you know and once I saw a taste of it, that was it. I feel like here in America, we, in the United States,
0: we are kind of, uh, for the general population at least, we're kind of raised into the thought that you get at most either summer vacation or really like two to four weeks off a year. Like you're not, we're not really uh, brought up thinking that you can just take a year off to go adventure the world. And uh, definitely traveling around, there's definitely really cheap ways to do it. Uh, I think as a kid, I always imagined Europe being this really expensive, uh, crazy. I mean, it can be if you want to live the the very high rich life version of it. But
3: you can get around parts of the world very cheaply if you do it in a smart way. Oh, very cheaply. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things we've always talked about. I've always tried to stress on the uh, Travel Tales podcast that uh, it's, it's not as expensive as people think. You know, in Americans we tend to judge travel by how much it costs to travel around here and how much meals cost, and how much ho- lodging and stuff costs. But my God, I mean, the, I'll, I'll go away for a couple, you know, a few weeks in Asia or something. And people are like, well, I can afford that. I was like, these are the same people who will spend like two grand in a weekend going to Vegas. If you include their flights and hotels and meals and gambling, and they don't think anything of it. I and mean, that's just like two days. And I'm going, give me two grand and I'll, I'll be gone for weeks mm-hmm. in, yeah. in Thailand or whatever. You know, it's like nothing. A meal there is like $3 in Vietnam or, you know, if you
0: pay that Yeah, I remember, I remember being in Vietnam and getting, I felt like a full lunch, uh, a coffee, a Coke, a dessert. I probably got a snack as well. And it was like six bucks US. <laughs> that was yeah. You're Are you down. kidding me? <laughs> like this would have been like a
3: $30, $40 meal. Well, gotta pay. I'm paying $10 a beer here in Santa Monica. Yeah. <laughs> so it's-, it's just like, and then you get, so it's like less than a buck in most of the world. You're like, oh my God. You know, well, it,
1: it was funny. You were talking about the hostels. I, I remember it, it was into my late twenties that I actually got to do the hostel um, stay when I, I visited, uh, my friends were getting married in Ireland and I spent, you know, a week in Ireland and I was impressed of how cheap I could live uh, going to those hostels and stuff. And, you know, the, staying in these rooms with like eight people, you know, but and you're you're taken by bus and and not using a car it it blew my mind like i was like this i never thought it would be that affordable uh to enjoy that many you know places to visit and to see pretty much the whole country in just a few days it was amazing
3: yeah i mean we don't really the other thing we were saying about vacation time and stuff and there's a, people ask me all around the world why don't more americans travel and and it's not really encouraged you know when you would talk to like I don't know, Brits or Australians and stuff, they, they're they encouraged to take a gap year after they finish high school and just, you know, get out there and get some experiences and see stuff while you can. And, or just, and, you know, to Germans who are getting like eight weeks of paid vacation a year, they look at us and like, what do you get two? I mean, what do you see in two weeks? And it's like, yeah, exactly. So if you only get a couple weeks, uh, you don't have a lot of time to travel all the way to what are you going to go to yeah for three days and turn yeah. around and come back it's two days <laughs> flying, of flying yeah and we're, we're a lot far away from time. everything yeah oh yeah we're far west so i mean it, uh, living in california especially it's just i mean this it's a hassle to get everywhere the time change alone crushes you you know we're i mean we have advantages to hawaii and the pacific rim but everything else i mean even when i go to the, uh, south america i usually have to fly all the way across country to miami and then go down into South America, you know, so that you're adding six hours. So even East coast people have much, I'm envious of them, at least yeah, in terms of it's, Europe. It's, you know? it's a pain, but yeah, living
0: uh, more the East coast, New York, especially it's, right. you know, it's a much, you could get to England in almost the same time you would get to go to like Hawaii. It's not that oh, much yeah. of a difference compared to coming from California. It's, you're looking at 12 hour flight, you know, maybe 14 hour flight, um, But your point about hostels and stuff, I think something that's again, it's the comfort level of I think a lot of Americans are looking for, you know, they're looking at hotels and they are looking at, oh, where I want this type of place to stay in. And for me, I'm like, I'm like, you're only looking for a bed and a place to shower. (laughs) If you're spending more time in where you're staying than where you're you know supposed to go explore, then you're not doing you're not doing, you know, the right thing, because for me going to travel international places which started off you know with cruising you're only getting you know so many hours a day i was trying to take as much advantage of that time as possible uh which of course i appreciated then more when i actually got to live in some of these places and spend a lot of time but when you only have so much time and a vacation for some people is a limited time if you're spending more time waiting on brunch at the hotel you can go get a much better and cheaper
3: meal down the street at some pub and or something more th- and, authentic and, and well. more authentic and I think yeah a cruise is really just a sampler platter of places mm-hmm. that you know you see for a few hours and like yeah maybe we'd like to come back here you know and and but if you're looking for any kind of like deep cultural experience uh cruise is not it's not my preferred form of travel even though I've been working on them for about four years but um uh if I was just traveling on my own I wouldn't I understand the people it's good for. I understand people who who want like everything done for them.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And uh, my friends with kids like them because you don't have to worry about. And and the not paying for food all the time is a big deal for, I guess, for, you know, parents. It is a big deal. And how much trouble can they get in on the on the ship? You know, (laughs) so it's uh, I get it, but it's just not my kind of anybody who's a really kind of like serious traveler is not, usually not a fan of cruises only because uh, I don't like everything planned out for me. I don't like my day planned. And, you know, I have to be back in the ship at five o'clock. Well, yeah, I just, I, I haven't seen anything. <laughs> I just yeah. got out for a couple hours and I just sat down for a cocktail to watch the sunset. Oh, Got to get, got to get back. So yeah. yeah, if I'm on an Island and I like it, I want to stay, I'll stay. If I don't, I'll leave, you know, just yeah. like, so i you know i can handle that but a lot of people can't and they don't have the time to you know just like we got a week we want to get out of cold weather let's go to you know and in certain places like alaska i can see it's a little harder to get around and you can see a lot but alaska cruises draw a different kind of traveler as as you guys know from working yeah. on ships yes you know, yeah, they're a little more all into all yeah.
1: experience with that yeah,
3: they wanna see like wildlife and nature and Yeah, they wanna see the sights without so having to go very far out. Yeah, yeah. Whereas- Caribbean people just want warm weather and sit in the sun with a cool drink in their hand. Mm-hmm. An they, want, in. they
0: want
1: a t-shirt say it was there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want a sunburn. Now, in your
0: experience, uh, it feels like you're definitely the type of guy that uh do you prefer going out if like I'm gonna go travel? Is it weeks at a time and when it is, it seems like you prefer to kind of just see what the day brings instead of having to planned out. Is that more typically your travel style?
3: Uh, it depends on where I'm going. I mean, usually I'll have a loose itinerary of cities and I'm going to do three days here, a few days here, but I'm not overly planning like tours and things like that. Although I have used some tour companies when I was traveling by myself and thought it might be easier to have a guide in certain uh, like India a place like that and mm-hmm. i had like three weeks or two weeks i was doing a tour but in a small group i try to pick the tour company you know i don't want because you could be stuck on a bus with a bunch of old people <laughs> and then you gotta you know then you're on a basic kind of cruise on land <laughs> Just see, and so sea uh, the sea
1: of them just not just yeah miserable.
3: <laughs> there's a company called in- intrepid out of um australia that they cater to more like younger and uh it's not like party Contiki bus, but it's a different tour company, Contiki, which is a, pretty oh, yeah, big yes. one. but that's for like people in their twenties and stuff. <laughs> um, but this is like smaller groups and the laugh after- and they give you and less active and they give you, or it could be more active and physically and, and, uh, they give you some time during the day on your own. So it's not like so structured. You gotta, you know, you can go off and get your own meals some days and you can go, you know, but, Especially where there's a big language barrier. Um, Like if I was going to China, I said I've been to mainland China, I've been to uh, Hong Kong and Taiwan a couple of times each. But I hear, you know, a place like China is a good place to have a, a guide, you know, just someone who can handle the language. I got to go to Beijing
0: for like five days and I lucked out because a friend of mine who's Malaysian spoke Chinese. So he happened to be there the same time I was for a vacation. And so he he was able to kind of help be be along a guide. And there's definitely parts of, you know, kind of where I was staying. it was like a holiday in. So it definitely was like, you know, Beijing is a big tourist, but uh, an international, but definitely a lot more of the rural cities. I could see the language barrier be so tough to get around. Do You have a favorite. uh, I'm sure you've got plenty of amazing stories, which is why all should check out his podcast but um do you have a favorite story of like a day that totally wasn't planned it became this really you know something that just out of the blue was such a cool experience that
3: you didn't see coming um uh, let's have had a few um recently let's see i was i was in ethiopia uh 2019 one of the last international trips i did i did uh, i went and saw the uh well, first, I went to Rwanda and Uganda to do a gorilla trekking. Oh, um, wow. So that was like a bucket list thing of mine that I wanted to do. So finally ended up doing it. And on the way back, I went down solo down to Victoria Falls for a little bit in Zimbabwe. And then I, on the way back up, meet some friends in Europe. I stopped in Ethiopia for a few days. My plane was stopping there and I always wanted to see it because I love the food anyway. I really wanted to go for the food. <laughs> that was more than, food real. is, it food was is food. great. <laughs> but there was this, uh, so I was in the capital, Addis Ababa, and I went and did this, took a short flight to a town called La Labella, where they do these famous underground churches. Oh, wow. um, but they were built back in the, oh God, 6th century, 1600s? I don't remember. But they're all these churches in a field that, that are, were built, carved into the rock beneath, you know, they're, they're like below ground. So you're about like land level with the roof and then you go down and it's it's really fascinating but i go there and oh so i'm getting on the plane that morning in the capital and the uh the cab driver asked me where i'm going i said i'm going to lalabella and he said oh and i went oh no that's (laughs) that's that's not a good reaction he's like i go what's the problem he goes oh there was a coup there last night an assassination i went what And I noticed I had problems getting like the internet last the night before had shut down like right at midnight, like I had just booked my flight on the and luckily gotten all the info, but I just thought, oh, it's Africa, the things go out, you know, it just Mm -hmm. it's just what happens. But it turns out the government had shut down the entire internet. I mean, for the whole country. So um, as a way of just stopping like rumors and. You know thing they didn't want chaos riot and so i said well now i'm on the way to the airport i'm going am i going to be able to go he goes i I don't know (laughs) i went oh no and the shooting happened right in the province i was going to right near lalabella and wow so i get there and like so the airplane computers aren't working and uh oh and the atms aren't either so i'm like really low on cash uh, I had my number of my ticket and they can't look up my, they can't scan my ticket or anything. So it's like, they just write out on a piece of paper by hand, my seat number like 27H. And then they just handed, I could have written it myself. It was like, like a, literally a stub of paper. And somebody wrote 27, just take there's that your, to the, there's your ticket. Yeah. And <laughs> I landed and yeah, it was weird. It was all weird, but I never, had, oh, and that, that was the day. It was also the only person in my hotel. I never, that never happened before we got to this town and I I noticed there wasn't many people around, but I asked the guy at the front desk when I was checking in, I go, so when is uh, breakfast? And he's like, "Uh, well, whenever you get up, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll sleep in, walk out like the King. Yeah. Yeah. Bring me my breakfast, please. (laughs) Yeah. Little days like that. You just, But what traveling does is you gotta it teaches you patience it really Mm kind of you have to have some patience and mine wavers a lot but um it you have to you know and americans especially tend to like we want something and we want it now and if i have to wait a second longer for it's like now the world doesn't work that way man and and
1: that's and that's yeah and that's the mentality you're talking about the cruise ships is there's a little bit especially where people are more seasoned travelers, and that's not necessarily a good thing, you know, they're they're so used to having a certain way, if the whole status quo is messed up, these aren't the kind of people that would be suited for the travel that you undertake and that you recommend, no. because it's like, you know, you have to have that mentality, and I, I love that, the energy you give off, because you're kind of like, <laughs> I'm just going to go for it, we're going to see what happens, and yeah. there's been a lot of times where it's been happy accidents, where you, something kind of falls into your lap quite literally and it's great and then other times where you don't know what's going to happen and you're like well um i'm you know going through a you know war zone or i don't know if i'm gonna get on my flight so you know that is the the thing and it's it's interesting to see you know people think that they're travelers but there's a difference between uh, being a vacationer or being a traveler i think yeah
3: there's a they are very different but you know things are gonna go wrong and you're gonna have to roll with it man and it's like i know that Bus schedule in uh, Nigeria says that bus is going to come at two and maybe it is and maybe it ain't. <laughs> and there's a very good chance it ain't going to be there too. Now in Germany, it's going to be there too. Yeah, But, uh, but a m- lot of the world, maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't, you know? And I think, was it Anthony Bourdain said? It's like, no matter what, every problem can be made better if you just grab a cold beer and sit in the corner yeah. <laughs> and, and wait it out. And he's just like, and he's right. It does help, you know, because that, that's, you got to take a breath and just going, this may work out or may, may not, you know? Yeah. Um, I've had, very, I've had a, a lot of those things. It's just, I was, uh, my flight, I had a flight uh, from Portugal back to London on an airline that went out of business as I was going to the airport. <laughs> it was, was this recently? This was, uh, yeah, a few years ago. 2017 it was 2017 monarch airlines okay i was going from faro portugal you know you know it's a budget airline you know from london you can take quick flights to anywhere in europe but you know ryanair or easyjet or any of these little and this was monarch and you know so many brits go to portugal and spain for the sun and whatever so i got some great deal and i went there that morning and I get there, and there's like a like a handwritten piece of paper over the Monarch sign saying, uh, "Flights closed. See the desk over two doors down, or whatever." And I'm like, "What the?" And it turns out they had gone out of business that at midnight that night, and just stranded people everywhere. And so I will say that. So the UK government, chalk went up for government. They paid all these other airlines to bring all home all their citizens and their flights because people were stranded all over. They flew, they couldn't get home. So I found out later, I was part of the largest airlift uh, for the UK ever did outside of world war two. Wow. And I ended up only miss being like an hour late. I got on something called like Triton airlines. I'd never heard of it, but basically the government just laid out all this money and said, and to all these little airlines wherever, and just say, go pick up all our people. And, bring them back
1: that's nuts and i think that happened with another airline it was the um icelandic one wow air
3: wow yeah yeah another one and ones. it was
1: funny because i had used that airline when i went to ireland so i was like thank god that didn't happen because people mid-flight like oh yeah by the way this went out of business so they're like they were stopping the planes wherever they could it wasn't like they're going to take you to destination Like, no, yeah, we're dropping you off here i'm like that's insane
3: yeah i also don't recommend being uh going through the lagos nigeria airport where I was detained for like nine hours and they took my passport and it was frightening. That one was scary. And you may have to bribe people. I don't know if you guys ever had to bribe anyone.
0: I have not yet. I have not been in that situation, but I've, I've, I would not be surprised if that was uh, in some parts of the world, a necessary thing to move along with your day.
3: Yeah. Some people, you know, I've talked to, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people. It's like, some will say they'll carry like a certain amount of twenties in their sock for a certain you know they always have some kind of cash on them for those kind of times i mean i've I've brought in places where they've been outright asked for a bribe and others are like i'll be halfway through a conversation it's like i think i know what he's getting at you know it's just like i think i think i know where this is going okay okay i realize why okay. i'm in this room yeah yeah
1: well, you brought up something great. It's it's funny the the different security and like different airports and different countries. Oh God, and yeah. E- even within the even within the United States, uh, it's funny how like some airports it's so nice and easy to get through, other ones not. But I love when I went through Ireland, and they're just so like, you know, it was just like, oh yeah, yeah, go get a I'll have a pint here. Like the first time in Ireland, you like, know, it was just we're yeah. a casual conversation, and it's like, you know, it was like, yeah, got whatever you got in there. Come on, you know, go have a pint, and going. Go enjoy. And I, and then you go to other places like, United um, you know, Arab Emirates. And I was like, this is uh, it's a little strict here. You know, you're getting pat down everything you said. It's just like, it's a little. Oh scary. my God.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's the problem, at least in America as well. There's no consistency, you know, it's almost like masks and everything else. There's no consistency between states. There's no consistency between cities and airports. You'll go through one and they'll ask you to take off everything, your belt, your shoes, your this, you know, they give you a, you know, a CAT scan and an MRI and a colonoscopy <laughs> and then they wave it, you know, and then they get through. And then the other one, it's just like, you could be wearing a suit of armor. Yeah, you're good. Come on in. <laughs> you know, big, has so, a sword. All right. Yeah. sword's fine. Just you move it along. And that could be in the same flight, you know, but, uh, the toughest security I've had was Israel. Israel is like, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I w- I took a domestic flight. I mean, I understand why they're on edge. I mean, it's a little tense place, you know, when you're surrounded by people that hate you. Uh uh, You're going to be a little more. But yeah, I mean, I was the minute I got off the plane, and I have a Jewish name. You think maybe I could slide in a little bit, but I was traveling solo and they saw me that I wasn't with a group. And, you know, as I was coming down the runway into the airport, somebody pulled me aside, soldier there asking me who I was with. Uh, was with, I was with, was I with a group? Was I meeting people? Who was I meeting? That kind of thing? Got through the customs, same thing. And uh, yeah, I took a domestic flight from uh, Tel Aviv to a lot down at the bottom. It's like a 45 minute flight on a small plane, little tiny domestic airport. They asked me 45 minutes of questions. Um, <laughs> who I was. Um, who drove me to the airport? Who was I staying with? Uh, all this stuff, you know, and these kids, and you know, they all have to, men and women all have to serve in the military there. So they're just like, they're like college kids in uniforms asking me, so you're a comedian, huh? Oh shit, now, okay, now I'm a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, do you have a website or something? <laughs> and, and one of them goes back and checks my website. And this, and this was my like paranoid uh, showbiz brain all of a sudden I went, I don't hear any laughter over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an old reel. I could, I could probably, I got new stuff since I got then. New
0: material. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I got new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> promise me. I promise you I'm funny. And, uh, but yeah, it was tense, man. I mean, they're. Just... but again, yeah, you'll see other, other airports are like, I mean, we're the only, I think us and maybe the UK. Uh, still makes you take off your shoes, but America is really the only place. Yeah, we're idiot. still very, uh, very uh, scared about all that. But um, one idiot tries to light a shoe on fire, and then and we're yeah. still taking off our shoes. Soon as someone's gonna. It'll be pants next. Um, yeah,
0: but actually, uh, I did want to switch over to uh, you are a comedian as well as a world adventurer. How did you get into <laughs> comedy? What was uh, what kind of inspired you to one get into the stand-up comedy? Well,
3: that was another kind of thing that i mean i don't know like i I didn't come from a performing background you know i was a i was a writer i mean i I took journalism Mm -hmm. and um pr that kind of stuff and i was a newspaper writer out of college i was a sports writer for a little dinky newspaper chain outside of you know chicago and but i always loved comedy and stand up and stuff but i never again i never knew you could do it and it was almost like traveling in a way that well, traveling kind of opened my eyes. Once I got older and you know, 21 years old, and I could go to the comedy clubs because the only comedians I'd really seen were on TV or the ones that came to my college who were all pretty good or older. And they all seemed to live in New York and LA. And I was in the Midwest and I didn't, you know, how do you get into showbiz? I guess you have to be in New York or LA or something. I don't know. And uh, then I went to some little diggy, comedy clubs when i was old enough to go and on a tuesday night with free passes and saw people who sucked you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah and they were my age and they lived around me and i was like well he's up there doing that and if he can get up there and he's awful <laughs> i could go up there and be awful probably I if it, yeah. Yeah, I could try. yeah i could suck like that if i really wanted to so uh yeah i just wrote for months trying to write jokes and it was the hardest and getting on stage the first time was the hardest thing i went i found some open mic in the alternative uh, weekly paper in chicago and didn't tell anybody you know i've done a lot of shows where the first time people they bring their whole family out and their coworkers and uh for me it was too frightening it was too personal you know and it could have gone i figured if it went badly no one would ever know and it was just like something i tried once you know but but going on there was just like again like travel almost it kind of my head blew open and uh i found something i really wanted to to do and it kind of saved my 20s because i was bored you know i was like hanging out with guys that i went to college with but only were doing it in the city now rather than campus you know getting a drunk yeah. so oh, it's yeah. like are we just going to hang out here for the next uh whatever and then get married and then not loop it was like nah yeah. I need something else, and then that was it. And so then I opened up this whole new world, and but it kind of led to more travel because that's how I learned to travel solo, and that's how I saw most of America. Um, you know, you are not in a band. You know, musicians are always with other people. But yeah, you are the act. You're it. You know, so if the the road drives out a lot of comedians early on because they you know it's a lot of alone time, and if you can't handle and take care of yourself alone and eat in restaurants alone and go go to the movies alone and do drive long distances and fly and do everything, stay in hotels, then uh, you're not going to make it because we're, we're just those kind of people, which also leads to a lot of miscreants and uh, social outcasts being comedians. But uh, that's another, that's for a therapist. (laughs) That's That's another, that's another episode. Yeah. We'll bring it back next year. Uh (laughs) But we tend to be, we also, we also tend to be more, uh, control freaks too, because unlike improv, which is totally collaborative, you know, you're always working off other people. Mm-hmm. And whereas in, in acting as well, uh, but stand-ups you know, actors always say, I don't know how you do what you do. And then I'll the look at them and like, well, I don't know how you do what you just did on stage. You know, I can't do that. And so it's the same kind of thing, but they always say, well, you're so alone up there. And you are. Me and Taylor are also huge fans
0: of stand up comedy. I actually, you know, when I got on cruise ships, I'd never been on a cruise before. So I didn't really know that there was the guest entertainers. Uh, That was a new thing for me to like learn about and be like, oh, there's like all different kinds of acts on the ship apart from the production cast. And it was fun to see that there was stand up comedians because I'm a fan of stand up comedy and it was fun to be like, oh, see, you know, mostly guys. I I can't remember if I ever saw a, a woman per se. But, um, oh, there's a bunch of them out there. But I bet there are right. a bunch of are there, but I think it was always fun to see there'd be a lot of material that, of course, is like their regular material, but then there'd be the ship material. And the oh, ship yeah. material was always very funny because it's very true. You know, everything about the buffet and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, ports of call and all that stuff. So what? when did it become, you know, you doing more stuff in the States and then when did it become more of now working via traveling like cruise ships? And did that change your brand of comedy in any way? Or did it evolve, I guess?
3: Yeah, I mean, I didn't... Uh, cruises always had a bad uh, reputation in terms of, you know, amongst people in the business. Uh, traditionally, when you were doing cruises, that usually meant that your career was over. <laughs> um, at least for a, a, a comedian, I mean... <laughs> Where the
1: comedians go to die.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're making a living. Um, but it doesn't really lead to traditionally it doesn't really lead to anything else other than more cruise work than just staying on the cruise yeah. which is which is fine i mean it beats digging ditches for sure but if you've got anything going on land it's really really hard because you're um once you're off on that ship you might as well be on mars i mean you can't audition yeah the internet is very slow and expensive and uh at least there's internet now i mean before that i mean you were gone Your agent couldn't call you your phone didn't work you didn't you know in pre-cell phone if you can imagine (laughs) i mean oh yeah uh, you were gone you were gone so um i never thought basically how they found me i did a a show called last comic standing oh yes yes. of that and an agent from uh agency in miami who do a lot of cruise acts called me up i had known he was a former comedian who I'd met years ago, an older guy. And he was now working for the agent and he called me up and said, Hey, you think you might want to do cruises? And I was like, wow. Not till I'm 70. <laughs> um, but he said, you know, give it a try, but, and it was a definite learning curve. If you're used to clubs, I mean, clubs, you could say anything and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of them, but the money really hasn't gone up in clubs <laughs> in the whole time, probably 20 years. It's, you know, and, um, it's getting harder and harder. And plus when I was working in television, doing a lot of stuff, uh, in LA, I kind of took myself off the road for a good 10 years and to go back into it, if you're not a big draw at a club, you can sell tickets, then, you know, you get back in line, you know, I lost my place in line and there's a billion guys ahead of me who are, you know, big names, you know, or you can sell a seat. I mean, they're, they're letting YouTubers, uh, on because simply because they'll sell tickets and they may not have an actor or anything, but the club doesn't care. They can fill seats and they want to sell tickets. Yeah. In- yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So other guys can sell it through their podcasts. You know, mine hasn't never got that big of a following that I, I can sell tickets on the road, but other guys can, which just another, why they do, the main reason why a lot of guys do them or every comedian seems to have a podcast. It's another way of self-promotion. Mm-hmm. but if you can you need a way to get people out of their houses because now they can sit home and and yeah, now okay. i mean but we're all sitting home <laughs> but you know you gotta just and then you gotta have a youtube channel and then you gotta have this and it's yes completely different the, business the, the, than the, when the I digital ended.
0: age now everything has yeah. to be uh, uh you gotta be digital Social
3: media, you got to have all these things. Yeah, and, uh... but cruises were an interesting, and I said, okay, I'll try them. I was never one of those full-time guys like doing 40 weeks a year. You know, I was doing like maybe, I don't know, 10 to, 10 to 15 weeks a year, which uh, allowed me to still, you know, pay some bills, but also I could still do stuff back here in LA when I needed to, and I wasn't gone all the time. Um, it's a different, as, as you know, you guys know, it's a complete lifestyle thing it's tough on if you want to eventually you might want to have a relationship on land mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that's it's, uh that's kind of tough
1: it's definitely more than yeah it's more than just a job or a gig um, especially yeah. when you're going these long contracts and we talked about this but before it, it is definitely a lifestyle and it's not for everyone um, no but some people have been lucky i know a lot of people have relationships in life after cruise ships um they've made it happen some people it's just it's just part of their dna that's just how they're doing it but i mean good for them but yeah, for me, that wasn't an end all, be all for me to to live, in, and 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 w- I didn't want to be a sailor for life.
3: Yeah, I can understand the uh, the appeal for if in my twenties for sure. I wanted nothing more than to see the world, and if somebody's going to pay me to do it, and I would have done it probably. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. Again, it was like I my family didn't cruise, so I didn't know anything about the cruise ships. I didn't know like, oh, you you can just go in there and work on them for like a couple of years and travel around <laughs> really i didn't know i didn't know anything i was an idiot so uh, <laughs> but then i got work on land and it just happened to go that way but you know but i can understand but eventually it's it's tar- it's harder on the women i think you know especially if they get starting in their late 20s and realize wow if, if i'm gonna if i want to have kids i better start getting on this soon and, and if i want to have a good relationship maybe maybe be in a at sea 40 weeks a year is not most conducive, not the best choice. And so, uh, yeah, so they kind of age out of it, but it's funny aging out of things as a comic, you eventually you first age out of colleges. So I used to do colleges. And then you get too old for doing colleges. And eventually you age out of clubs where, you know, you're the oldest guy in a club. You're talking to 22 year olds on dates and you're like a 60 year old man up there. (laughs) You, You might as well be a million to those kids, you know? So there's like, and the next step is uh, cruises and corporate, corporate events mm-hmm. and things like that, and and then the last nail in the coffin is doing the old person condo circuit in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're doing like shows at two in the afternoon, and you know the people on respirators, and yeah, it's not. I mean, that's you know, when the it's pl- over. The it's plan, totally the plan over. set up. <laughs> you yeah, got, you get
1: the long term plan there. That's great.
3: Would you guys go back on them? Do you think you? I, I would. Mean, um, what did you do on them, Chris? I worked. I was a, a singer. Uh, oh, you I were?
0: Did, I did two contracts as a singer. Uh, I definitely have a, a huge travel bug. And, you know, it's a great way to make good money, see the world, get paid to travel. I mean, it's not a bad gig, but I've been amazed. At, and this is not just for uh, the artist side, but the amount of people that they kind of stick to cruise life for decades i mean oh there's lifers out there there's there's, you know people that they they love the work uh they know they can make the money and uh you know it's it's not surprising um but i feel like especially right now uh with this time we've been dealing with covid it's just made me i've been really antsy feeling like i'm just stuck at home all the time and uh i've had these little trips i got to see taylor twice last year and we might get to do some stuff uh this year but uh you know, I got to do uh, Europe for the first time ever in 2019 on a few cruises as a guest. And it, again, yeah, exactly. As you said, it was that uh, taster of Europe. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just every every time I was leaving uh, to get back on the ship, all I thought was, OK, I want to come back and just spend a week in this city or I want to yeah. explore this country for like two weeks straight because uh, everything was so short. And I was like. At least I got to see Europe for the first time and I got to do a lot, but not nearly as much as I would love to. So I would love to for the work and just have something to do. But uh, in terms of traveling, I do much prefer to go somewhere for a long
3: time than have the, the sampler version. Well, one of the things I miss about it, I was, I only did one European cruise oh, you know, wow. the whole time and it was uh, on one of the high end ones. So I got to go to, uh, I met the ship in Bordeaux. Oh, in France. Well, We And it went around the, uh, yeah, and it went around the uh, Normandy coast. Oh, wow. Eventually yes. up to, like, I think it was Jersey or Guernsey, one of those. Guernsey, yeah. Both. Guernsey. Um, and then we went to uh, London and then up to Belgium, went to Antwerp, and then it dropped me off at uh, Amsterdam. And that was the first time I was like, so I got my, uh, the 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 cruise lines book all the flights and stuff, so they're gonna send me back right from Amsterdam, and I was like, "Hey, can I uh stay?" <laughs> and they're like, "Well, as long as you as long as you leave uh from Amsterdam and come back, yeah, we don't care." They're like, "Oh my god!" Well, then that's yeah, that was the green, <laughs> yeah, that was the green light because I know Amsterdam. I mean, I can get a flight back to Amsterdam from literally anywhere. Oh yeah, in Europe, you know grant as, as long as the airline doesn't go out of business on my way to the airport. But I, uh, and that's what I did. So I just picked a date like three weeks later and, uh, they dropped me off in Amsterdam and I just went straight down to visit some friends and in, in a different part of, uh, Holland. And then I went down into, I'd never really been to Belgium and I spent a week in Belgium just going through there. And then I went through, um, I met a friend in France. Then I went down to Mallorca and then just caught a flight like a few weeks later back to Amsterdam and then spent two days in Amsterdam and flew home. And it was, so I, I utilized that travel once they told me that, that was like, uh, they opened up a can of worms. Cause I was just like, Oh, I can just stay, but it's weird. I haven't been on a, sh- I haven't been on a plane. I just hit my one year, January 25th. I got off of my last, wow.
0: uh, Mike, we're going to get now to our, fabulous potential podcast guest questions these Uh-oh. are 10 questions they're they're this is not a quiz these won't be difficult they're really about your favorite things and i Boxer actually... brief oh no is that, what <laughs> oh, you...
3: that
1: was that was a different question oh
0: sorry that's a different yeah okay <laughs> um so i'll start us off here what is your favorite movie
3: oh how to do favorites I well i can't really pick one a favorite movie a favorite movie okay let's say annie hall all right all
1: right
0: uh what about a favorite tv series
1: of yours
3: um i would say larry sanders show all right do you have a favorite video game or video game series are you a gamer not a big gamer well i was as a a kid i'm much older than you uh but i was a big um let me see what did i have I you know big of the arcade games. Oh there's mm-hmm. a travel tip if you ever go to uh uh Vegas. Go to the pinball hall of fame. Oh wow. Which oh. is great way to kill a day. It's uh, it's on Flamingo and it's far off the strip. It's not you got you need a car or take an Uber. Uh what would be your favorite style of music or favorite artist? Uh well big I also uh, co-host a rock uh podcast called the rock solid podcast with my friend pat francis who's his show but i'm one of the rotating guest hosts so i'm an old rock dude yeah classic and alternative rock dude and i've i'm an expert in beatles trivia is there a favorite place you've traveled and is there a place you have yet to travel that is on the top of your list oh yeah i got a huge bucket list um well there's about a dirty dozen on there that i really want to hit before i die still haven't been to egypt and morocco those are my africa places i haven't been Uh, in madagascar i haven't been haven't been to mainland china or um uh galapagos Mm. those are the main ones and i'm a diver so i really want to dive in uh, palau and um i'd like to get to myanmar yeah there's a lot of a lot of places do you have a is there a favorite place you've ever been oh well my favorite's yeah, I would say it's between Italy and Thailand. As you can tell, I like food, yeah. but I'll never turn down a place, a time to go there, and and London as well is just a favorite place for me to go. I mean, it's it's hard for me to pick one, but um, let me throw a, a double a dual heat between Italy and Thailand. That's pretty good answers there, yeah.
1: Yeah, we should have mentioned this is rapid fire questions, but. Uh, oh, sorry. No, oh, no, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you hard time. I'm giving you a hard time. You want I one word this.
3: answers? I give you those.
0: No, I'm giving you a hard time. Um,
1: <laughs> I
3: this, know. It's like favorites to me. I just, I, I have a hard it's time. It's hard speaking. to do, especially when we're talking it's about hard. travel. Um, yeah. And
1: speaking, we we're talking about comedy and, and you're traveling. This is a good one. Um, what inspires you? Um, like, what's like, a, you know, something that inspires you daily or inspired you to be where we are
3: today? Travel for sure. Inspires me, new experiences and and meeting new people, always inspires me. Is that quick enough for you, Taylor? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that fast enough that for concise, you? you? Mike. Yeah, best. There you go. <laughs> um, what's the best advice you ever received? My dad told me once: try to hang out with people smarter and more talented than you.
1: Next one. Um, this is a uh, fun because this is you know very. Nerdy podcast. How would you rate yourself as a nerd on a scale of one to ten? One being you've heard of Star Wars, and number ten uh, you speak Wookiee.
3: <laughs> well, if it's Star Wars related, uh, you know I'll put I'll put myself at about a seven. All right, because it came out. You know, this is I'm going to give away my age, but I mean I was around nine or so when it came when the first movie came out, and so I was really the perfect age for it. Like it hit me right in the gut, like hard, it, like changed the world. Uh, what is the guilty pleasure of yours? Lately, it's been watching Shit's Creek before bedtime as kind of a awesome palate choice. cleanser. It's kind of a palate cleanser to, uh, you know, at the end of the day, cause it's all, it's just nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that and the British Bake Off. <laughs> oh yeah, great show. <laughs> That's my guilty pleasure lately. Again, nice, it's nice. And finally, we always like to
1: wrap this up because um, you're a comedian. Maybe you have, have a few of these in your repertoire, but we like to give you to give us your best impression. Give us your best impression that you can do.
3: Uh, my favorite. You guys, uh, you're familiar with Caddyshack, then I assume. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know the uh, was the Ted Ted Knight. The uh... It's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. But for the while, the man who can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. <laughs> okay, Pookie. Do the honors. There's my Ted Knight. That's so great. Oh, Lou.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: that was perfect. Yeah, thank you. Spot on, spot on. Love a good Ted Knight.
0: Well, thank you, Mike, so much for being here on the Potential Podcast today. We really enjoyed uh, spending time with you. Now, uh, we did mention, and if you haven't read the thing uh we uh of course mike has his own podcasts uh, where can they find your podcasts and if you want to promote anything else this is the time
3: it's uh, a travel tales or we're travel podcast on instagram travel tales pod on twitter uh my showbiz site is funny mike.com you can find me on that but also funny on twitter and uh, I just did a uh, article for the Wall Street Journal travel section about cruising, uh, bit, performing on cruise ships. That so You guys could probably relate to that. It came out a couple of weeks ago. And uh-huh. so you can find that on the Wall Street Journal. There's a link to it on our website. And, uh, yeah, I'm about to shoot a, a, a home show for something called the AWE Network about <laughs> the world's most amazing homes. So that just got picked up for 13 episodes. Ooh, I'm nice. that under COVID regulations very soon. And I don't know when I'll cool. be performing again because no one knows anything. What are we, you know, I'll be in my house <laughs> if anybody wants to stop by.
1: Yeah.
3: But yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. We'll be doing it. It'll be 10 years um, this year. For wow. the Travel Tales podcast. So Congrats. We'll able to have you guys That's on it. That's amazing. I'll reverse this on you and put you on the spot with uh yes questions that'd and be awesome. i'll be like you know taylor i can you know cut you off and tell you you're being long snap snap
1: yeah. <laughs> hurry up yeah we would love we would love <laughs> that we would love to be on there i know we have plenty of stories to share so that'd be great
3: thanks for having me it's been fun
1: absolutely it's a pleasure having you i appreciate you to joining in and
3: uh such a pleasure yeah we're looking forward oh. to yeah oh sorry i have my uh dry bar comedy special called have jokes will oh, travel on Dry Bar Comedy, you can find me on there too. If you just Dry Bar Comedy, then Mike Siegel, you, you'll see it. I've
1: enjoy, I've and enjoyed download the, it
3: and give me, it costs you a whole dollar <laughs> and you can tip too. Ooh, it's worth every penny out, of that Ooh. dollar, a hundred pennies to be exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for having me guys. Well, thank you so much, Mike.
0: Thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. And we uh, stay safe and hopefully you'll be back before we're in front of the live audiences soon yeah wear your mask people because we all want to get back to doing what we love yeah
3: yeah don't be jerks
1: cool (laughs) easier said than done
3: Good afternoon, and welcome to Flight 0231 here on Potential Airlines. In just a few minutes, we will be departing from the terminal and beginning our flight with nonstop service to Pittsburgh. My name is Mike, and I'll be your head flight attendant today. Hello there, folks. This is your captain speaking. My name is Tommy,
2: and I hope you enjoyed your time here in Glasgow. Wow. What a place, eh, Bobby? Uh, It's right there, Tommy. Reminding me of home. You can't understand no one, and I got great beer. I even picked up one of them skirts to wear. Did you have to wear it on this here flight? Hey, you know me. Sometimes I get nervous, and I get the sweats. And this will keep me cool. Anyway, folks, this should be a smooth flight over that dear Atlantic, and we'll be in Pittsburgh in no time. So, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy their flight. And thanks for flying with potential airlines. Gosh, there's so many buttons. Do you remember which one starts the bling? Red knob, third grade button, and you gotta jiggle that what you might call it, about three times. Oh yeah. Glad someone's brains working. Whew. Eight-hour flight. Plenty of time to catch up on some shows. I've been binge-watching a lot. Have you been watching that there One Division?
3: Uh, hey guys. Everyone can hear you. The intercom is still on. Oh crap! Don't move. He can't see us if we don't move. Oh, God, not the Jurassic Park thing again. Fix it, and let's, let's get, get, get going, going, please, okay?
2: No problemo there, Mikey. We are on it. Hey, sorry about there, folks. Tommy and I were just, uh, well, rehearsing. Yeah, yeah, rehearsing for this brand new, uh, play we're doing. Yeah, 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 that's right. Just giving you a sneak peek of the new show, The Pilots of Penzance. Coming soon exclusively to potential airlines. Yes, we'll be on our way now, so enjoy the flight. Phew, that was a close one there, Bobby. I had to think of something. Naturally, my work as a background actor came in handy. Weren't you in the background of a news segment about that one deli robbery? To this day, my finest work on the screen.
3: Guys, the intercom, again, Again, it's it's still on. The, the guests, guests are hearing everything you're room talking room about. Sheesh. Stop I'm being so, so nosy, nosy Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. This your yeah. so
2: conversation I'm is for us pilots only. only. Ampspray. Ah! What do you think's the matter with him? Not a morning person, I guess. Whew. All right there. Next up, home.
0: Well say Taylor. Uh, as always, it is a pleasure when I get to meet people virtually. Uh, I think Mike is a great guy. He sounds like, I think what's so fun about him is that he has that kind of uh, just kind of, you know, Midwest kind of uh, chill vibe, but I love that he's got such an adventurer spirit about him. Uh, The fact that he's gone and done travels all around the world, especially in areas that for some, uh, the meek would run away from the fact that he kind of is just kind of bold enough to be like, go with the flow especially yeah. in in situations that are a little uh maybe a little dangerous um it just sounds like he has a blast and he, he's definitely an expert so uh for those listening if you want more travel tips i would definitely head over to the travel tales podcast i'm sure there's a lot of great stuff there you can learn from him but a great first guest i must say
1: yeah absolutely and i think the fact that even a lot of his travels were not work related it was just him going you know what i'm going to go out and try this i'm going to do that and As he said, there is something beautiful in the fact that when you travel and you don't really make plans, things just kind of work out and and sometimes they they might be scary um, and might be a little um, nerve-wracking with travel. But sometimes it can be very beautiful because you don't ever know what's going to happen. And I think when it comes to travel, we've talked about many modes of travel, whether it be uh, through cruise ships, um, through your own country, or internationally backpacking around uh, and going on tours or going off on your own. Um, I think it's proven today that um, don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone, whether that be, you know, going to a new country, trying some different food or just step outside, outside your door and, you know, check out a new you know thing that you've never done before. And I think it's a it's a great message that we need to look forward to, um, even during this time of pandemic and uncertainty.
0: Indeed. So uh, thank you, Mike, once again, for being on the podcast today. Well, folks, uh, that's a wrap for our first episode back again. We're so thrilled to be back here starting season two of the potential podcast, and we can't wait to be back next week. I know some of you are probably thinking, "Okay, I love the travel stuff, but where is the nerdy stuff? Well, uh, don't worry,
1: we'll be back. Yes, we have come back from the future to bring all the nerdy stuff. You're not going to want to miss it.
0: Hasta la vista
1: Know Your Potential.